Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. On DAB, online, via the Talksport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's Football Show with Leanne Sanderson. Absolutely first class on Talksport 2. Hello, this is Talk Sports Women's Show podcast. I'm Leanne Sanderson and every week I'll be here bringing you the best bits from the show. Don't forget you can listen back to the full women's football show via the TalkSport app. This week we're on Monday at 7pm. So swipe for TalkSport 2, find Monday and you can listen full there. This week I was joined by my former captain at Arsenal, Jane Ludlow, and we look back on all the wonderful years we had at the club. Lud, how are you doing? And I miss you. I know you saw you were still on Saturday, but I still miss you. I miss you too, mate. No, it's lovely to be on. Thanks for the opportunity. And, and you know, just thinking back to the weekend, having the opportunity to to see you guys again was just fantastic. I know. And you were working, obviously, so we didn't really get to see you that much because, obviously, you were working at Sky doing the commentary and then you got to come up and then I got to meet your lovely daughter, Sophia. And it was just, I was saying to you before, like, it was just... The fact that we all got invited to that game and we were all able to be together, it was so great, wasn't it, to reminisce about old times and quadruple winners. No other team has ever done it. I don't think any other team ever will. But what I'll say, I want to go back to that time when you were our captain and, like, you're the best captain I've ever had. I tell you that every time I see you, you probably get sick of me telling you that. And I think everybody else feels the same. But do you feel like, you know, you've, you've got into management, you've managed Wales, Reading. Do you feel like you were able to draw on your experiences as a player or did you have to kind of reel it in a little bit? Oh, gosh, what a great question. And and firstly, my God, what, what am I supposed to say back to that, mate? Like, I really appreciate the fact that you've shared that. And as you know, I enjoyed every opportunity to play with you guys and just having the armband, armband was just an additional plus for me, really proud of it. And obviously to work with you guys, it was easy. You lot, you lot made it easy. Um, but I guess moving from playing into kind of head coach roles, management roles, there are some attributes that I think obviously were crossing over. It's just me as a personality. I always wanted to be authentic and, you know, I am who I am. And deep down, it's all about trying to help people be the best they can be, if you want to sum it up. But I think as a player, I had a certain reputation, didn't I, of the ultimate competitor and probably went over that line a few too many times, to be honest. But I was, I guess I was so lucky that you guys knew me so well that you kind of allowed me to have that mad side as well. But you know what, Luds? I think just to give people a little bit of background, Luds would come into the dressing room at half time when we were at Arsenal and just have these outbursts and we would all just sit there. But we all respected each other. The outbursts were actually sometimes justified, but they weren't like rude. It was just because you were so passionate. You know, and, and I think, you know, that there wasn't anything wrong with that. And I think that was what made our team so unique that everybody, I mean, I was 14, lads. 
when I came into the team with you guys and you welcomed me with open arms. Imagine a 14-year-old now going into an Arsenal first team, how intimidating that would have been. But I looked up to you all and I feel like you guys just took me under your wing so well. But but I will say, you know, like how people talk about Pep Guardiola, like inventing the number 10 position. I feel like you were the original, like goal scoring midfielder. Like you are Arsenal's all, all-time leading goal scorer. I know Miedemar got that because obviously the WSL is a different league, but you are the all-time leading goal scorer for Arsenal, but you are a midfielder. So talk to me a little bit about, I know you love Roy Keane. He wasn't exactly known for being a goal-scoring midfielder, but, you know, your passion, I think, and heart comes from that. But you were the original third-player runs, you know, you had that licence, your engine was incredible. But when you look at the game now, I feel like other players, like Jordan Nobbs, those types of players didn't really exist before you made that position kind of your own. Do you know, it's mad to think back. Yeah, I did admire combative players like Roy Keane, etc. And I guess I always looked at my role very much as a protector in many ways for, for, for the team. So in the sense of protecting the back line. So I could do the midfield role from a defensive perspective. And I loved it. I loved tackling. But then actually the goals were always a bonus. And I always say to people, look, I played in such a great team with great deliveries from wide areas, etc. Good link up play. And all I had to do was arrive at the right time. Um, and And it was a bonus for me. I think, you know, the bit about just being in amongst the team we had at the time. I don't know, things just fell into place, didn't they? We had our roles and responsibilities. We weren't overcoached. We were we were coached in a way that I had so admire. Now that I understand it a lot more and the roles I've been in previously, I get how we were coached at the time. I probably didn't acknowledge it. I think I would tell everybody, well, we don't get coached at Arsenal because I didn't understand it back in the day. But now I see so many top-level coaches in the men's and the women's game trying to replicate what... People like Fred Donnelly and Vic Akers did with us years ago. And it was so enjoyable, wasn't it? It was just oh. fab. Best time of our lives, lads, honestly. And I think, you know, a lot of the time, I think there's too much stats. I get stats, I get all that stuff, the technical side. But we all just loved playing football. And the fact that we all just used to go to training, literally play five-a-side, do some set pieces. We would be on the pitch, you know, we'd have arguments, but walk off the pitch, you know, hugging each other. And I think it was such a unique, you know, situation. I mean, I just want to reel off some of your stats, lads, talking of stats. But I'm not a big stat person with regards to XG and all that stuff. But 356 appearances and 211 goals, lads. Like, it's incredible. I mean, you're so humble and you're, you're, you're not going to big yourself up. But those types of stats, lads, and goals, and it's, it's unheard of, I feel like, especially for a midfielder. It was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> it was fun. God, I, re- I remember from the first training session I had, I thought, oh, I like this place. I hope they want to keep me <laughs> because it was just immense. I mean, the, you know, the team morale we had, the relationships we built over time. I mean, God, a lot of them, a lot of us were together for at least 10 years on the pitch playing together. Um, and, you know, you can't accelerate those relationships. It takes time. But it was just, first and foremost, it was fun, wasn't it? We, we had some... Oh, God, there's so many things flooding back memory-wise now. But you know the one thing I always say to people? We were we were all accountable. And, and we weren't necessarily being told to do things all the time. But we just figured it all out ourselves. We were like, no, you're my teammate. I'm responsible to you. I need to help you. So when it comes to set plays and things, we didn't necessarily have routines. We just all knew that we needed to deal with someone. Um, and we needed to protect Emma. You know, it was quite simple. But it, it pretty much worked, didn't it, for, for 13 years, pretty much. No, it did. It was incredible. And I think, you know, I want to ask you about all your different experiences because obviously you were, the, you were the technical director at Manchester City Women. Now you're currently at the University of South Wales and you've managed with Wales, you've captained teams. So what is it that you kind of 
what do you love most about being still involved in the game? You know, because I say this all the time, I want you to be the Arsenal women's manager in years to come. I know it's a big responsibility, but it's the reality. And I think all our teammates feel the same. You know, it's the reality. You're, you're a top person. And I know you're balancing, you know, your life, your family, Kira and the kids and that. And you were kind of back and forth from Manchester. But what is it that you enjoy the most? And what is it that you'd want to do in the future? Well, look, um, firstly, I guess my current situation, I'm head of sport in the University of South Wales, and I've literally taken that on in the last month. So I, I left Manchester City, um, got a really good relationship with everybody there, really enjoyed my time there, had responsibility for building the pathway there with the girl, on the girls' side. I left there around Christmas time. Um, and, you know, I, I've made, made the decision for multiple reasons. Family, first and foremost, still based in South Wales. Um, but actually, my passion... My passion now is just helping people develop to be the best they can be. Now, whether that in the future ends up being teams again, I don't know. Right now, it's coaches. So I have, I've, I'm so lucky. I've been given the responsibility now of a big university to come in and just help it continue growing. We've got some great things going on here already, and the courses we provide for for students regarding coaches, um, sports scientists, you know, strength and conditioning. Um, all the areas that link to sport, basically. And I'm responsible for helping those those projects evolve and hopefully taking it even further with regards to just an inclusive, positive learning environment. And I think over the last few years, especially since I took on the technical director role at Manchester City, it was all about developing, helping the workforce develop, whether that was coaches, performance services team. And this just helps me take it to another level and potentially have um, an even wider impact, hopefully. Yeah, and obviously, because when we played, everybody kind of had to have a job. You're a qualified... I mean, you, you, you do everything. <laughs> and you're amazing. <laughs> you're a qualified physiotherapist as well. And I wanted to ask you about, you know, the injuries within the women's game. Because, obviously, we had injuries back in our day. I remember we had minimal injuries, that minimally, that I can remember Claire Wheatley did her knee and Yvonne Tracy done her knee. That's how vividly I remember the lack of injuries on our team. So... What do you put that down to? Oh, gosh. Do you know, the bit that excites me and the space we're at right now is the amount of opportunity for research there is with regards to a female athlete. Now, female football in particular, but female athlete, I think people are only now recognising that nowhere near enough work has been done in that space. And, and we're picking little bits up and we're exploring more things. But, oh, my gosh, then there's so much more research that needs to be done along those lines to understand it because we don't know the answer you know people have thrown out loading has increased you know rest has probably decreased is it linked to menstrual cycle nobody really knows you know even the studies that are being run now there's not really anything definite coming out of that is it is the shoes is it the type of boots we wear and you know you're talking about a sport that for many years whether we're talking about equipment clothing it was all men's stuff and and we're only now at the point where people are starting to recognize, oh, maybe that's not suitable. Um, but I think it's, oh, my gosh, there's so many areas to explore. And again, being in University of South Wales, hopefully we can impact that going forwards as well. After a huge weekend of WSL action, we now have a seriously exciting title race on our hands. Jane and I broke down all the results and discussed what it could mean for the rest of the season. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? 
Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, WSL fans, with just eight rounds of matches to go, I hope you're ready for the run-in because we've got a title race on our hands. Manchester City went level on points and on goal difference with Chelsea thanks to a 1-0 victory over the Blues at Kings Meadow. It was super striker Bunny Shaw who proved the difference with her 14th WSL goal of the season. She leads her nearest rival Lauren James by two in the Golden Boot race. With nothing but the smallest margins now separating the top two, who will blink first in the title race? Meanwhile, history at the Emirates. The stadium sold out for a WSL game for the first time ever. And with 60,160 fans watching on, Arsenal gave the home crowd something to shout about. They put three past Manchester United. Now just three points behind the joint leaders, the Gunners' title hopes are still alive. A late consolation goal from Lucia Garcia will mean little for United, whose disappointing season will now likely see them miss out on the Champions League places. It was one goal, one red card in a dramatic afternoon for Liverpool skipper Kerry Holland. She extended an exceptional record against Brighton, which has seen her score every single time she's played against the Seagulls. The win lifts the Reds to within two points of Manchester United. Could Liverpool do the unthinkable this season and break into that elusive top four? Now they left it till late in the day, but Everton finally got their first home win of the season. They put two past West Ham. It took 83 minutes for Martina Piemonte to break the deadlock, but once she did, the floodgates opened and Aurora Galley netted a second to seal the deal just three minutes later. The Toffees are now eight points safe from the relegation spot. And it was no Rachel Daly, no problem for Aston Villa. A well-matched encounter saw Tottenham claw back a goal against Villa to leave the score at one all come half-time. But after the break, midfielder Jordan Nobbs drove home a spectacular 20-yard strike to win it for Villa and continue their remarkable revival this season. They're just six points off their record fifth-place finish from last season. Could they still make the climb? And a seven-goal thriller saw Leicester City come from behind to beat relegation candidates Bristol City. Having gone behind in the 20th minute, Leicester's response was ruthless. They put five past their opponents, although things had levelled up to two all at one point. But Bristol City remained five points adrift at the bottom of the table. So as we head into the international break, it looks like we've got a three-horse title race. Chelsea, Manchester City, Arsenal. They've all tasted WSL victory before, and they'll all be hungry for it again. Thanks, Uma. So, Luds, we saw Friday night. Manchester City beat Chelsea. This stat blew my mind for the first time in eight years at home, at Chelsea's home. Like, that is unbelievable. I mean... 
People have asked me a lot this year, you know, do I think City can finally push? You would know of all people because you were the technical director up until recently. Could this really be City's year to really push Chelsea all the way? Yeah, well, in, in quick answer to that, I think yes. Um, you know, having been at the club now the last few years, the changes that have gone on there have been immense. From a, a workforce perspective, obviously the squad has changed a lot, which people will recognise. And, you know, uh, Gareth Taylor's worked hard with his team, this built over the last couple of years. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where they finish because I think the mentality's definitely changed. They're, they've enjoyed the fight so far and we'll see. But, you know, we sit here having a really close relationship with Emma Hayes. So on a pers- the personal side of it, Chelsea have always been um, a team that I look at results for and feel personally connected to because of Emma and the relationship we have. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to the last few few months. And obviously the old club c- uh, could be there and thereabouts now as well. Yeah. And you've had these close relationships with these players, seeing them train, you know, every day. Bunny Shaw. I mean, talk to me about Bunny Shaw, because I think, you know, since Ellen White retired, it was almost like she needed that to kind of happen. Seamlessly has gone into the team and the goal she scored outside of the foot, you knew as soon as she's in on goal, she's going to score. But what is she like to work with day in, day out? Well, look, what, what she is right now is full of confidence. And I think if I remember back when she first came in, people were criticising the the choice, I think, you know, and the fact that she came to the club, she wasn't necessarily seen as a, a city centre forward in the type or style that people were used to. But I think she's been immense. She, she's she's unplayable at times, isn't she? And when that opportunity arose now on Friday night and obviously there was a mistake from the Chelsea midfield and she was on it, you, there was no other result happening, was there? That was a, going in the back of the net. Because I think she's flying now confidence-wise. You know, she's a great finisher in and around the box. She's been criticised in the past physically. Can she get around the pitch enough? That's changed. And again, you know, a huge uh, pat on the back to the the physical team at City because they, they have obviously changed how they work over the last couple of years. And it's you can see the whole team are flying from it. Yeah, and another player that I've really enjoyed, Kiara Keating. You know, what a season she's having. And, you know, could she be the next successor to Mary Ertz, would you say? Definitely. I think there's only one answer to that. I think um, when you look at the, the the academy at City, which I had, you know, a great two and a half years there, we're so proud, the people involved in that system, we're so proud of the likes of Kiara coming through. And there'll be others in the next few years, more so, hopefully, because um, there's some great work going on there. And I think... When you look at Kiara, she has all the attributes, doesn't she? She's she's agile. Oh my gosh, she can play like an outfielder. You can put her in centre mid and she do a great job. Um, and as a city player, as a city goalkeeper, that's obviously important with regards to philosophy of play, etc. First and foremost, they have to be as good as the outfielders with their feet. But you know what? She's a cat flying around the box as well, isn't she? So no, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how she, you know, continues to develop. Hopefully. Yeah, there's there's going to be lots in her future, lots of good things. Yeah, and we touched upon it before. I mean, I've been quite critical of Gareth Taylor in previous months and years because I always feel like City have never achieved anywhere near where they should. And you look, you, you touched upon the mentality, and I'm intrigued to know what your thoughts are on it because I've seen players come through the door like Abby Dolkamp and Samantha Mewis, Rose Lavelle, Carly Lloyd even came over for a, you know, a brief period of time. What do you think's changed in the mentality now than what you didn't see before? I'm not necessarily talking about individuals, but you touched upon it. Just give us a little bit of an insight on what you mean with that because you've been in there, you've seen it, you've felt it. I haven't. Well, when I first went in there, it was it was a very different environment. I think you had your collection of superstars. And that's not to say there's no superstars there right now, but I think when you look in terms of the world game, you had some really high-profile players within that system. And 
some older, some younger, and obviously lots of changes were made there. Lots of players left. And I think it just gave um, Gareth Taylor and his tight-knit coaching group an opportunity to just reevaluate and go, look, where do we want to go? We know how we want to play, but what type of people do we want in the system with us? And first and foremost, they have to have the city attributes so we can play like a city team. But actually, who are the people we want here and personalities and what does that look like? And I think it's been great to see that evolve. It's taken time. And, you know, thankfully the club have given him that time because I think now we're seeing the fruits of it. Okay, and obviously our friend Emma Hayes we saw her on Saturday at the game. What do you think she'll be concerned about that result? I mean, I know she said a draw would have been a fair result within that game. We know Emma well personally, which she's a serial winner. So what do you think they how will they recover from a loss like that? Yeah, it was interesting having this chat with Emma, wasn't it? And obviously not not a great timing to talk about the night before in the game. But she was disappointed. But, but I think she's open and honest as she always is. They could have been better, couldn't they? And she's seen them be a lot better. So I'm sure she has some tricks up her sleeve with regards to what she does next with the group. She knows those players inside out. And it's one of the things I think we've always spoken about because we've been a player of hers and we understand how the connections are built and how she works with people. And she'll know those players inside out. And it, it'll probably be on an individual basis, having the conversations and working with them as individuals as she used to do with us. Well, it's not devastation, is it? We've been so spoiled with Chelsea winning all the time that when they lose a game or when they draw a game, we always think, oh, you know, it's, it's devastating, but it, it's not. And whilst on the topic of Chelsea, Uma Gurav, our very own, caught up with the midfielder, Erin Cuthbert, last week and asked her to sum up their season so far. So far, so good, as I like to say, but, you know, nothing's won or lost yet, so um, it's up to us to, to go and do the business. Chelsea love the business end of the season. It's something we certainly thrive on and, and look towards, and we've got players in the dressing room who thrive under these opportunities, so I'm certainly excited for it, and, you know, we just need to go and get the job done now. And I wanted to ask you specifically about the WSL. Have you noticed that the quality has been very different this season at all? I think just year on year, I'm just seeing it get more and more competitive. I think teams are making it tougher every single game and every single year it's more it's more smaller margins that are that are sort of determining the game and I think teams are low blocking a lot better. The transitions are a lot better as well. So I think every single game you need to be on it and, you know, three points is, is the same in every game irrespective of what team you play. So um we we certainly have to be on it and Emma Hayes is making sure that sort of where there's no sort of nothing creeping into our game. Speaking of Emma Hayes, obviously, as we know, she'll be leaving Chelsea at the end of the season. How would you sum up her legacy for Chelsea and for you personally? I think she's been a, a great role model, first and foremost, for the club. I think how she's carried herself and, you know, the the profile that she's elevated the women's game to, I think she has a, a great role in that and she's been a big factor in that as well. I think from an individual point of view, I think the way she sort of nurtured me, she's had a very unique style with me. She's been very hard on me at times, um, gave it to me when, when she felt like I needed it. Um, maybe I didn't feel it at the time, but now, you know, when I look back, I, I certainly feel that everything that she gave me was coming from a place of love and was coming from a, a greater want and demand for me to be better. And, you know, she's elevated me to, to heights that I've maybe not even known that I was capable of. Yeah, I was going to say, we've seen you really step up this season. What's it been like captaining the team recently? Oh, class. Honestly, I've I've really, really enjoyed it. I think one thing that I, I would like to say is that 
nothing ever changes whether I've got the armband or not. But of course, representing Chelsea and being captain for, for such a big club like this is, of course, a, a great honour for me. Now, our TalkSport listeners will be really happy to hear. I've heard you're a bit of an Ali McCoist fan. Is that true? <laughs> that is absolutely true. He is an absolute legend. He is. And I wanted to ask you about your other inspirations growing up. Who else did you really look up to and want to be like growing up? Steven Gerrard. Um, you know, I, I'm a big Rangers fan as well. So uh, when Steven Gerrard was was announced as a manager, I was so excited. Um, also, I loved the, the Barcelona year of... Um, Xavi, Busquets, Iniesta, like that was just prime era for me and being a midfielder I just idolised sort of watching that. Last week as well there was a really good day for the Chelsea club as a whole, obviously you and Chelsea men picked up a win on the same evening. What is the connection like between the two sides of the club? Do you feel that it's really close? I think there's a close affinity. Um, I think we are a sort of one club mentality. We all want the same things. It's a club that's been built on winning ever since I've been at the club. Um, has a great history, men and women, of winning trophies. So I think that sort of unique bond um, binds us together. And there's certainly a lot of pressure and sometimes a lot of banter between the men and women's team about continually winning trophies. And maybe we weren't one time and, and they really were. So we go back and forth with each other. So our next game, lads, we're going to talk about is the one that you were commentating on. We were out getting honoured. Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1. Record-breaking crowd. I mean, people often ask me this question. Do you, did you ever think there'd be a day where we'd see crowds like this? I mean, I love the fact that our pitch is on the side of the Emirates. I'll never get old. That'll never get boring to me. And I'll talk about it for as long as I'm on this earth. But to talk about this game, like how impressed were you with the attendance and the fans and how the game has just grown? Yeah, I, I just I guess it just reinforces the special connection, obviously, that we have with the club and the fans. I mean, even back in our day, and talking a long time ago now, we had that close connection. Granted, there were less of them, but we still had the same feeling. And I just think it's immense now what the environment the, the girls have to play in. Oh, I would have loved to have stepped on that pitch on the weekend and be involved in that. Do you know, it's interesting to say that, though. I would have loved it, but I loved it when we were there and there weren't that many people around because it was the game. You know, it was going out and trying to win a game and competing. It would have just been, you know, even better, I guess, to have that support as well. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think we could sit here and have a whole show on how we would feel if we were playing in that type of game because we loved pressure. But I think, you know, you look at the game and you were doing the commentary and I think one thing that really I saw that I saw against when Manchester United women played against Chelsea the other week, it feels like Manchester United women have really dropped off I feel like Arsenal could have, you know, it could have been four or five at one point. I think the scoreline flattered Manchester United a little bit. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, I agree. I think, um, obviously, Arsenal hit the post twice, you know, a couple of inches the other way, and it would have been five. Yeah, I, I agree they've been a little bit disappointing compared to where people thought they would start the season from. Looking at last year and how well they did, obviously, United fans would be really disappointed to, to lose some of the players that they lost, and there'll be lots of reasons behind closed doors of why that's happened. But I think there's there's obviously the personnel changes. There's having to bed in new people into the team and how they play. And and yeah, it's they're flattered to deceive, haven't they? I think we were all expecting them to be pushing a little bit closer. Yeah, and our former club, Arsenal, I mean, even without the likes of Leah Williamson, who's out with that hamstring injury, she's pulled out of the Lionesses squad. And Amanda Ilstead, you know, these players, Alessia Russo not starting as well. Like, that one really surprised me. I know Arsenal went on to win the game, but were you surprised that Alessia didn't start? 
Yeah, I was. But you know what? You look at Black Stenius and the one thing she does is she hunts people defensively and she'll close you down and she you don't want her running at you if you're a centre-back. And I think whether that was the game plan from the off with the boss and that's why you went that route, I don't know. But she does that fantastically well. And her and Kim, as a front two defensively, just stopped United building and stopped them playing. Obviously, the midfield behind helped. Um, but United didn't really have some any solutions against that, did they? Yeah, and I think at this point in time, do you think we can discount them for the Champions League place? You know, currently sits seven points off of Arsenal in third. Mark Skinner touched touched a lot in his interviews post-match about the lack of investment to a certain degree. I kind of heard him talk a couple of times and we're seeing players like Alessia Russo leave. I think Mary Earps will leave. But at this moment in time, I feel like Champions League spot might be a little bit far-fetched for them for the rest of the season. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. When you look at where they sit right now, games still to come, etc. I think it's one heck of a challenge for him. I We know Mark's going to quite well. I'm sure he'd be loving that challenge. He'd be disappointed that they sit where they're at, but he'd be loving the challenge and he'll want to motivate his players to prove people wrong. But yeah, things, he seems up against it there. Now, whether it is financial, whether it's just the decisions that are being taken, who knows? We don't sit in that realm. But I think as a big club, and they want to be known as a big club in the women's game, I think there's decisions to be made in which direction they go right now. Now, you remember Chloe Kelly's iconic penalty against Nigeria in the World Cup, which was more powerful than any penalty last season, even in the Premier League. And last week, a mural was unveiled in Manchester to honour the Lionesses and special moment. TalkSport's Shabana Hearn caught up with Manchester City winger to find out what she made of the tribute. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and to see it today was a great uh, honour. And I'm amazed that Doritos have teamed up with me to... Um, put this mural in Manchester for all the Mancunians to see hopefully more City fans <laughs> I actually think in this day and age it will attract even young United fans because you've done so much for the women's game and for football all over yeah I think it's really important to celebrate the wins of women in sport and to be here today to celebrate such an amazing uh, achievement uh, I'm absolutely honoured brilliant one in one in four UK adults want females in sport to be celebrated more. And when it comes to murals and statues, bizarrely of 340 that are around the UK, only three are dedicated towards women's athletes. That's pretty poor. Yeah, and hopefully this is a step in the right direction to making that change. I think it's obviously disappointing to hear those numbers, but we move forward and we know that now We've started, we've done this one and we move forward to celebrate the wins of every female athlete involved in sport. I think it's really important to celebrate the wins, but we know that we always have to overachieve as women to be celebrated. Is that how you feel when you go about your your daily business in football? Do you ever feel that there's a pressure that you have to do more because you're a woman? I think definitely in life uh, to be as a woman to overachieve is to be celebrated is definitely something that we know is uh, a thing, um, of course. And as a women athlete, we know that we've had to overcome so many barriers and those that wore the shirt before us had to overcome so many barriers to get us to where we are today. And we need to push them barriers and push boundaries and to step in the right direction of change. And you have done that in the men's game also because that record-breaking penalty is uh, so much to do with this mural and this honour of you. Um, the most powerful penalty in the 2022-23 season, even in the men's league. And what a penalty it is. I mean, how often are we practicing that? <laughs> yeah, I practice it quite often. It's a proud moment for me to see those numbers. Um, 
but I think it's about training that moment and just really enjoying the moment as um, I did. I think it's a high pressure moment, but I think I trained a lot of penalties in my career. Um, so stepping up, it just felt like another penalty. It's the way you do it also. Like I can see it in the mind's eye, the way you do that kind of dressage type hop and the way you bring up the legs so elegantly and then just the force that that you put in it it's just it's quite brilliant to watch and a lot of people you know according to this survey don't believe that penalty was taken by a woman so you are breaking those barriers and showing that women can be stronger than men yeah of course I think we're professional athletes so it's disappointing to think that many people don't believe it's come from a woman we train our bodies just the same as the men and we can achieve great things as women and we should celebrate the wins when we do there's a, a lot going on just now for Manchester City. You're on a very good run. Um, excellent cup game at the weekend. How important was it that to get that one over of Arsenal? And in a game that doesn't disappoint, there's a lot of tensions going on there. And it's, I have to say it's entertainment as well. Yeah, it's great as a fan to watch those type of games. It's a very close game. And um, to get the win at Arsenal was a great achievement for the girls and I think we're on a great run of form at the minute it's really enjoyable to play in such a great team and we're just enjoying our football working hard on the training pitch and yeah exciting football that we're playing at the moment a lot of it being from a, a close-knit environment when you talk about the women around you how important is that team morale being so right to achieve great things and possibly going to win a league yeah definitely I think I'm very proud to be involved in such an amazing group of girls and women um I think to see every day what we put into the training pitch is is great and we work hard away from the pitch on relationships and things like that so on the pitch I think that's what it's all about enjoying yourself with your mates what about the future of England Lionesses Manchester City and and football how important to you is it that now young boys and girls look up to women in football it's amazing. I think it's great to uh, that we have achieved such great things in the women's game and we can do for many years to come. So I think it's really important that we break barriers together and whether that be the youth of the next generations, but we're here and we're focusing on what we can do on the pitch to make change in society. This this mural also in Manchester from the, the record-breaking penalty uh, that you took, to see young kids go there, does it does it mean the world or is it something you just see as part of the process? Yeah, I think it is really important and it's a proud moment for me. I'm honoured to see myself up there in Manchester City Centre, a mural of me and to celebrate such an achievement, I think is a very proud moment. And never did I believe that I could achieve being up there in Manchester City Centre and seeing my, seeing my face up there. So I'm very proud and I'm looking forward to showing my family it when they come up to watch a game. It'll be incredible. One of the things that really changed maybe the career for you and the future for you was the winning goal at the Euros. And you were inspired, that celebration, that iconic celebration was inspired by a man. And then there'll be young kids being inspired by you doing it one day in the future. Um, but just to anybody who might have missed it, you know, TalkSport listeners, it was a Bobby Samora inspired celebration. Yeah, I was... Uh... The day of the final, I spoke to my family and I remember being at Wembley for um, QPR's promotion to the Premier League. And I said, I wrote in my family chat, imagine it's a Bobby Zamora moment, but it's me. And we had our moment at Wembley and 
it's an amazing achievement. And still, every time I pass Wembley, I just smile. It brings back so many great memories and what an occasion. Well, actually, Bobby Samora wants to honour you on TalkSport for International Women's Day because you changed football uh, for him and his kids with that celebration. So he sent you a, a little message, Chloe. Bobby Zamora here. I just wanted to say, from scoring that goal at Wembley, um, you have continued to absolutely smash it. Um, you're a huge inspiration um, on the pitch for so, so many girls um, and off the pitch as well. I know I've got three girls and they certainly know your name and certainly know about you. So um, keep up the great work. You're a huge inspiration and uh, well done. Honestly, couples goals. We didn't think we needed it, but we all need to hear that on International Women's Day. Just... You know, men who are legends in football, you know, setting that example for other men to to honour women too. Yeah, of course. And I think that's what it's all about, changing the game for a positive. Um, I think if the amount of people that we've inspired so far and to be part of such an amazing team to achieve great things, uh, I'm very proud and proud to be a woman and I'm proud to have achieved so many great things in my career, but I'm hungry for more. Oh, I can only imagine. What are you hungry for? Tell me. Success. Once you feel, uh, once you taste it, it makes you even more hungry for it. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, myself and Joe Shannon will bring you live commentary on Talksport Two from the Lionesses friendlies, starting with England versus Austria on Friday from seven forty-five PM. We'll be back next Monday, and we'll be talking all things Lionesses. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the amazon music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free that's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads